0: Welcome to DFS with Fields of Fantasy, hosted by Johnny B, Dowie, and our DFS expert, Riku. How's it going, everybody? It is your boy, Johnny B, and we're back here for another episode of DFS with Fields of Fantasy. And after a very, very uh, entertaining wildcard weekend, we move on to the divisional round of the playoffs, meaning we've got a small four-game weekend slate two games on the Saturday followed by two games. Well, I suppose technically the second game on the Saturdays on the Sunday, if you're listening in the UK um, and then two games then in the Sunday evening. So it's going to be interesting. Um, weather may not affect it as much as it did last week. Um, the snow and the cold weather uh, isn't meant to be like it was last week. Um how did you uh, think the cold weather was going to affect the football last week and did you think it did have an impact
1: yeah i think uh definitely if you look at uh miami dolphins that don't travel well uh you could see that too on their passing game and they obviously had lots of injuries that was affected uh, in some of the games where there was colder weather you often see you know more run plays rather than pass plays people don't want to tick towards the wind um and, you know, the Dome games were the games that tended to really go off uh, yeah. in terms of fantasy. And I think that's why we always preach about Dome games thrown in perfect conditions. And now we've only got one Dome game, which is the Lions against the bucks But other than that, looking at early weather forecast, I mean, we are only on Tuesday this week. You know, wind seems to be in check for all the games, but maybe there might be a bit of win for the uh, Baltimore Ravens against uh, the Texans. Texans played in a dome the last time. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects things. But, you know, we'll win. We can always expect a bit more um, running than you'd expect uh, throwing the ball. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, any other th- things that you saw last week which are good little
1: tips for going into the rest of the playoffs? I mean, I saw my Cowboys getting torched. So I was uh, quite worried about that. But I do, I think in playoffs, it's quite pronounced always that the best players get more, or, you know, they get more of the ball and more of a lion's share. So, you know, lead backs will get more carries. There's less workloads in the backfield. And, you know, teams also, unless you, like the Packers that were so well ahead, like teams don't tend to take their foot off the pedal and rest players because, you know, you now you have, if you're looking at these eight teams, you have sort of nearly, you could argue, maybe eight eight of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, give or take one or two, but still, you know, you've got eight very competent quarterbacks playing against each other. Uh, whether we want to say about Baker Mayfield or golf, I mean, they've beaten good opponents in the last round. So you've got good quarterbacks. Uh, you've got good offensive teams and you've got games where both teams will look to put up points rather than protect the lead because they know the Opposition teams, yeah. point points up in a hurry. So, I think he's kind of leaning into the best face So, where you have on a bigger slate where you might be looking at third, fourth wide receiver as a punt, uh, sometimes or even in showdown, I think here you kind of want to play some of the more high owned and sort of safer plays that are going to get the volume, definitely. And, uh, this week, as we
0: only have uh, a four game, uh slate we decided we think it's best to go game by game rather than uh position by position um as it's probably easier to cover players um so we're going to start off with the houston baltimore game on the 9 30 kickoff how are you reading this game and how is that going to affect who you're going to pick
1: yeah, I mean they played earlier this season. Uh it might have been the first game uh off the season for both teams and uh that game ended uh was that the same way let me just check but yeah they played in Houston in Dome uh that game ended 25 to 9 to Ravens so I think we can expect the Ravens I mean they one week healthier than they were you know coming out of day play up by, mm. so we we might expect Mark Andrews to be back and that's going to be interesting because the difficulty with Lamar Jackson is for him to reach his ceiling, he has to rush a lot and the challenge there is always which one of his wide receivers is going to go off. I mean, it might be Zay Flowers, it might be Mark Andrews, it might be Isaiah Likely, it might be OBJ, uh, one of those, so it's often hard finding a stacking partner but I actually think the Ravens will win this quite handily, and I think Stroud has an amazing season. The Baltimore defense is very different to the Browns defense on the road. So Browns had big home-road splits, and I think that showed, and also Flacco turning the ball over. So, you know, we're going to need to see uh, the Texans beating the Ravens, not just through Nico Collins, but actually getting other people involved in the offense. So... I think Lamar Jackson's interesting. Uh, he's priced quite highly, so he's seven thousand nine hundred. So cheap hundred cheaper than Allen, but maybe a thousand over a thousand more than Mahomes. So I like Jackson, but then the question becomes: Who do I stack him with? If Likely is the guy that's going to play, uh, and Andrews isn't healthy, then I quite like Likely as the option, uh, to play in that game. How about you?
0: Um, I, naturally, you just want to back the Ravens, don't you? Just because you know, you didn't know how good that defense has been against pretty much any offense this season, against any offensive position this season. Uh, they're pretty much top six, um, position rank against every single position. So it's hard to back anyone against them, but it's also hard to go, okay, um. Does that mean I'm going to ignore Stroud? I'm going to ignore the Texans' um, actual weapons. But if you're going to back Baltimore to get a lead, you're still going to then think, well, actually, there might be Houston then potentially chasing the game. And then I would go up towards potentially picking Stroud at 6,700. I think my problem with Stroud is I think I'd rather this week potentially pay a little bit less And have the likes of, Gotham Mayfield because of the dome game, Um, but that doesn't mean I would ignore the likes of the Nico Collins because I think, despite Baltimore's defense, Houston are going to throw the ball and Collins is generally going to be the target. Um, In terms of the Baltimore offense, again, like you, it's very, very. I find it very hard to predict what weapon uh, is gonna get the um any of Jackson's you know receptions and targets. Um so yes likely to be fair is a good way of saving some money in that tight end area as now we're getting to the playoff time um unless you're gonna go with a K Dotton or potentially a Musgrave or um craft from the Packers, all of the tight ends are quite expensive now. Even likely likely's expensive at four thousand seven hundred. Um, so unless you're gonna then pay your six thousand, likely is a good way to save one thousand three hundred-ish on one of those top two, um, which I think are gonna be heavily owned, especially Laporta. You'd expect him to be probably the highest owned tight end, I would have thought. Um, unless people decide to go cheap cheap, but I'm not confident on backing any of the wide receivers at Baltimore because you could never really predict which one's going to go off. And if I'm going to go with any of them, I'm probably going to go with one of the ones I'm probably going to spend the least amount of money on, potentially gamble on a Bateman or a or an Agalor getting a touchdown and being a little bit of a differential, potentially getting, you know, 10 to 15 points. But apart from that, n- nobody really scores enough points consistently as a wide receiver to maybe want to back them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Texans are a lot weaker against tight ends than they are against wide receivers. Derek Stingley is a very good corner. So, I yeah, I personally believe that, um, you know, tight end is the way to go if you're going to stack Jackson. But with Jackson, he has to outscore... Uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes uh, to be worth it. And score significantly more than uh, Goff and Love but and Mayfield, but that's definitely something they can do. But as you said, I think that game needs to be a bit of a back and forth because what we have seen is the Ravens will run the ball uh, with their running backs if they have a big lead because the one thing they're not going to do is uh, they're not going to continue... They've got such a good uh, running offense that they're not gonna continue throwing the ball. So it's a it's a it's one to kind of think about during the week. But I'll probably if I'm I'm probably gonna do three lineups this weekend and one of them will definitely have Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing to note is that uh, it you know, if they do get the lead, they they're gonna go, even though that I don't think outside Jackson necessarily from a fantasy point of view. Their running backs are any are particularly productive, um, but from in a in real life point of view, all they're thinking is even if we don't get down the field now, we've got the lead. As long as we keep the ball and don't turn it over, keep um, you know the ball down their end of the field where we can when they've got the they've actually got the ball. Well, Texans have got the ball. Then we're going to back our defense to do the job because we've backed them all season. Yeah. So for me, I just wouldn't back so that, yeah, I wouldn't back any of the running backs simply because I just don't think they're productive enough. The only reason they're going to get the run game going is because they've got the lead there, I think, rather than they're going to get massive production out of it and they're going to kill the clock. So, but if running backs, it's probably not a, I mean, you potentially, um, people will probably some people will back Singletary or Maybe, but I just don't think I'd probably touch a, a running back in this game. The only running back i probably touch is Lamar Jackson, as you say. It's probably RB1 in the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> and also, uh, Texans are very good. It's a good run defense. Uh, so it's not the easiest to run against. So no. Lamar Jackson is, yeah, Lamar Jackson likely somebody I'll probably be looking at. It will be interesting if Andrew Andrews comes back because then we'll have to see what his. Snapchase. Is, is he yeah. going to come back to his full role? If he doesn't come back to his full uh, role, it takes away from likely ceiling because you'd imagine Andrews will be there in red zone situations and others. So it makes it even more tricky if uh, Andrews is playing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's hope the best players on the field. But I think from a DFS perspective, if Andrews isn't playing or there's news that he's only going to take a few snaps, then I'll be interested in likely. Because he could be the highest scoring tight end on slate, and that's definitely no as a question. Or he could score as many points roughly as Laporta, Kelsey, Kittle. Uh, so yeah,
0: cool. And a quick point: Would you back any of the DSTs in this game?
1: Uh, I mean, Ravens are quite expensive. Yeah, and Proud doesn't turn the ball over. The Texans defense has played well. I mean, but that was partly because last week. They scored well a few weeks ago against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They scored scored well, so I don't see Jackson turning the ball over a lot. So I'd, it doesn't really make sense for me to to back pack either of the DSDs because I,
0: I agree it just reduces their ceiling completely. Yeah. Um, if they can't turn over the ball, they're not going to be able to. The defense has got not got that opportunity to score touchdowns. Yeah. So yeah. you're better off gambling elsewhere. I think. Um, Okay, let's move on to the second game then. Uh, early morning of Sunday, uh, one fifteen. If any of you are going to brave it and stay up in the UK, uh, it is the Packers against the Niners. Where do you see this one going? Uh, are you going to back the Niners all the way, or are you going to get some Packers assets?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I really like the Packers as a team, and I think Jordan Love's done a really good job, and you know, the organization's done incredibly drafting all these receivers that nobody was super excited about in dynasty or just in general, uh, and has a really good young receiving core. Uh, I'll start with the Packers' side. The problem with the Packers is that it's really hard to pin down which receiver goes up which week. So they've got Romeo Daubs. Uh, Watson didn't have many snaps in the last game. But, you know, he'll, he'll be a big red zone target. They use him on the red zone and on deep shots. Then you've got Jaden Reed, that's very talented. They use him in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Don Tavian Wicks, who's also a good receiver. So that's the hard part is who do stack uh, Love what? And I think Love, given the way the Packers play, if you pick one of them, it doesn't mean that two receivers will go off because they spread the ball around so much. Uh, mm-hmm. They're very game-pan specific. I mean, Aaron Jones is an absolute tear at the moment. He's looking like Aaron Jones of old. He's got uh, four games now, over 100 yards of rushing. He gets quite a few targets. Uh, so <clears throat> the thing is with the Packers because it's really hard to pin down. I'm not super interested on that side of the ball, but Brock Purdy, uh, CMC, who he's paid, you know, he's paid like a wide receiver, and then I like Debo Samuel or George Kittle in that lineup. The reason being the Packers play a lot of zone coverage. And traditionally what that means is that when they play against, when the 49ers play against teams that play man coverage, those are games that Ayuk goes off against zone coverage and soft zone, which uh, Joe Barry plays a lot, or, you know, the defensive coordinator of the Packers uh, plays that scheme. That's often favoured Debo and um <clears throat> Debo and uh, Kittle. The problem with Kittle is he could go for four points or 40 points and Samuel, often when he goes off, that means McCaffrey doesn't go off. So I'm interested in the three of those. With Purdy.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think, um, I think at the price, it's probably hard to get away from Purdy, isn't it? Especially with his... You know his fantasy points per game. It's it's higher than only just higher than Love's, but against the Packers, as long as he can get you know the short game going with CMC and the pass catching, and uh, you know, when you've got the likes of Ayuk, Samuel, um Debo, and um Kittle. It just elevates his his ceiling to. It, it, he's not. He's never going to be uh, like huge, but it just means he's he's going to have that consistent level of points, which is reliable and keeps you competitive. Um, and actually, I'm not sure how well owned he's going to be because I think some people will just be um, probably going towards a dome game, yeah, or potentially. I think the Sunday games are where QBs are probably going to be more highly owned in this slate. Um, so I wouldn't mind taking a punt on taking Purdy within a 49 er stack myself. Um, and I probably, like you, I'd probably be edging more towards a Debo in this situation. Um, it's always the one where I'd probably rather spend less money on tight end this week. So I probably wouldn't be picking him. Um, so if I was going to stack, I would probably go with Debo. Yeah. Um, on, on the Packers side of the ball, um, I completely agree with the wide receivers. Um, Bo Maltin look, was starting to look like the uh, bargain everyone needed to pick this week after, you know, his target share over weeks 16 to 18 had gone up, you know, six, nine and seven targets um, over those three weeks. And then w- when he got to the playoffs, he only had two targets. I was like, oh, great. And, and, and it's not even like, uh, I think, I suppose, in a way it's because Watson was healthy again and, uh there was they've got so many wide receivers, it's it's how can they spread that round between everybody?
1: Yeah, um, and if you look at the snap shares of I mean there was a lot of garbage time in that game, but yeah. snap shares of their wide receivers in that game uh against the Cowboys, only Daubs went over 60%. The rest are hovering at that 40% mark, yeah. So it's really hard to have a ceiling game when you're not playing 80% of the snaps uh, in a game. Uh, They'll definitely have their best receivers throughout the game on the field. Uh, But again, it's hard to say. I don't think San Francisco... I mean, they're not as good at run defending or pass defense as they have been in the last few years. So they can be got at, but but the problem is just how. And, you know, the way how Aaron Jones is playing at the moment... If anything's close to the goal line, it's going to Aaron Jones. So yeah, uh, it's really hard to see anybody necessarily gain enough points that you can kind of say, if the game ends up being a back and forth, this is the guy that you need on the 49ers side that's going to go off, and this is the guy that's gonna, that you need on the Packers side. So it's quite a lot of guesswork there.
0: Yeah. So I suppose, really, if you're going to do a stack with the Packers, maybe love Jones is the stack you go for. Yeah, uh, And as you say, his, his rushing attempts have been 20 or more over the last four games, over 100 yards. Um And then he's had a little bit of receiving work as well. And it, he, last week, well, against Dallas was a, was a different game altogether where he got three touchdowns before that. He didn't actually have a touchdown the past four weeks, but that volume meant that he got at 17 or more points over the last three weeks of the regular season. So, unless, But the one thing that worries me about will he get that volume again is if 49ers do go ahead quickly um, just because they've got elite assets, um, are they going to... Well, is Love going to be forced to throw more um, than he had to against... Uh, Dallas all game you know because it got to the point of Dallas where they was just going to run the ball hence why he got to 21 points when they played Chicago well Chicago's um, not particularly good against the run so they ran Minnesota they got a decent lead against Minnesota so they ran 49ers I don't see that being a game where Love is going to be ahead by a score or two and they're going to start running the time off so will that volume be there for Aaron Jones this week Potentially not.
1: I I think, you know, they use him in the passing down work and they've had, they've got an incredible run, the Packers, over the last six, seven games. So they haven't had to throw the ball, but Aaron Jones is a weapon in the receiving game. So I think in some ways he could actually benefit. But the question is, will they have, will he get there with the touchdown? So will he, I mean, he is the second most expensive uh, running back in the slate. So, but he's around the same price mark, you know, price point as Gibbs, White, Pacheco, Cook, uh, Montgomery. So it's whether he's got more upside than those guys. And in this matchup, I'm not so sure about it. So, you know, if if, if we hear reports that Christian Watson is uh you know, he's healthy again and he's doing full practice and all this, then I think I'll be he's the guy that I'll probably be the most interested in. I'm not going to chase that romeo Dubs, uh no. game again because this season uh, he hasn't gone over 20 points once. He's been around the 18-point mark a few times, but he hasn't had those ceiling games. And last game against uh, the Cowboys, he got there on six targets, and generally six targets probably isn't enough to get there. Um, the other interesting one is, of course, people have forgotten about... Uh, Caden Reed, who they use in all sorts of different ways and yeah. he's quite quite a few touchdowns. So maybe, you know, Jaden Reed's an interesting option because he he's leverage off to an extent of uh uh Aaron Jones because they use him a bit in the wrong game on those end mm-hmm. rounds and other things. But also he's like they Debo Samuel in many ways. So he's he's interesting from that perspective. But yeah, it, I, if I'm gonna stack the 49ers. I probably won't do a bring-back because I'm not going to try and guess who that might be. So I'll probably just look to do Purdy, CMC, who's a weapon in the passing game, and maybe hit yeah. or
0: Yeah, I agree. And I probably, again, I don't I don't think I want either of the DSTs. I think that this is a game where um maybe I'll go the 49ers DST, but neither of these teams have given much points to DSTs all season, so it's gonna be I, I think there's better places to go on the slate, personally. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Let's move on to Tampa then versus Detroit. Sunday, 8 p.m. It is a dome game. I think naturally we're both going to have lineups with the QBs, both of them potentially.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely have some golf. Um you know, Tampa harder to run against than they are to pass against. Yeah. You know the Lions like to run the ball, so if if the Lions have a good lead, uh, they're going to run the air out of the ball. That's the Dan Campbell style. So, what you're really hoping for is Goff to have to put up points. So, if I'm going to do a Goff stack, it will definitely include. I'm on Saint Ra, but I also want to bring back from the Tampa side definitely. and the Lions. Sorry, from the from line from Tampa side and the Lions secondary has been terrible this season. So yeah. Having Amon St. Ra, Goff and Mike Mike Evans makes a lot of sense in many ways. It's quite expensive. But then adding somebody like a cheaper player like a Jordan Reynolds or someone like that, uh, sorry, Josh Reynolds, makes a lot of sense uh, in that stack. We haven't seen anything from Jameson Williams yet that I believe that is worth a punt in DFS. Uh, but yeah, I think on that, you know, both teams are easy to defend... You know, to attack through the air than, the, than they are yeah. on the ground. So I think for that reason, this could be a shoe And the other thing is, again, it's a dome game. So we both like that a lot. Yeah, definitely. And
0: I, I, as you say, if you're going to do a, a Detroit stack with Goff, bring a Mike Evans in. And likewise, if you're going to do a Mayfield stack, if, if I t- a Tampa stack with Mayfield, you're going to go and pick up the likes of Aaron Ra. So. Yeah. Um, I think either way you look at it, I, if you're going to back it to be a shootout, you want assets from both teams, um, and that could include, you know, or you could go away from the Amon Ra, um and pick
1: Laporta or Gibbs. Gibbs. Or makes Gibbs. I think
0: there's there's plenty of assets within this game which could be differentials away from the obvious, um, but I think I quite like going away more from the differentials. Because if I'm going Goff, I'm probably going to go and run I think. But if I'm going Mayfield, I think then I'm more likely to go for a differential from the Lions team, potentially, um, like a Laporta or a Gibbs.
1: I've not as high on Mayfield as you are, because I think usually on slate, uh, because this is only a four-game slate, you have more spread-out pricing. Mm. The price gap between Mayfield, Goff, Love and Purdy isn't a lot it's 500 so yeah essentially the bet on Mayfield is that you save 500 but he scores more points than the other guys and I don't think that's a likely outcome however if you are right he's definitely going to be a lowest owned out of all of those guys and all of the starting QBs you gain a lot of edge uh and we have seen Baker pull up good you know good games uh he can he can run a bit uh I mean he had 30 points against Philadelphia that's meant to be a very good you know Not very good, but better than average defense. So I think Hmm. the one thing with Mayfield is he's going to sling it. So I'm not going to go there myself, but I do see the logic of doing it. Uh, And, you know, Goff's probably going to be four times as much owned as Baker Mayfield. So that in itself, you know, if you hit Baker Mayfield and you know where the ball's going to go to Mike Evans mainly, if you hit that Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield... And you bring back, a, you know, Jamal Gibbs or someone like that. All those stacks that have golf and I'm always saying Ra or Laporta or whoever that might be, all of those stacks essentially beating them. So I think it makes sense from a game theory point of view. But I'm I'm still going to need a more convincing, but I'll have to think about that one.
0: I mean, if I was going to pick one out of four... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick Goff as well. Um, I like Purdy. I just don't think he is as likely to have like a a bit of a... a little bit. If you, if you look at it and go, which out of the four QBs of Purdy, Goff, Love and Mayfield is more, more likely to get a 30-plus point week?
1: Um, I mean, just looking at their season, I mean, Goff's done it once. And part of the challenge with Goff is... If Detroit's leading, he's not putting up many points. So even if you think about uh against mm. Rams, he put up 15 points roughly. Uh through one touchdown. In the game where he put up five touchdowns against Denver, he got 20, he got 31 points, but he only threw the ball 34 times and got 270 yards. So Goff is more about efficiency and getting those touchdowns. Uh with Purdy. Harder to stack. Love, hard to stack. But Mayfield's the easiest to stack. Mm. Yeah, maybe you sold me on Mayfield. Mayfield's the only one that's had two 30-point games this season. Exactly, yeah. And
0: he will sling it. We've all seen that. I I think it's high-risk, high-reward, risk. potentially, with Mayfield. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've got to mention K-Dotten, haven't we? Yeah, let's mention him. (laughs) Um, Mystic Mark will be over the moon. Uh, he's a Bucks fan, if you didn't realise, and uh, um, he hosts us sleepers during the regular season um, for some cheap bargains for DFS. Um, and he is over the moon because K Otten is his man. He's a bit of a tight end merchant, is our mark. Um, so he's ecstatic to see Cade uh hit that 16.9 mark uh, last week. And if you had him in your teams, he was a good little addition to having within your teams and a bit of a differential because he wasn't particularly highly owned in our no, league
1: no uh i think it's probably worth speaking about Rashard white so i think he yeah. got aside from cmc uh and maybe pacheco they saw some of but Rashard white has probably one of the best running back roles in the nfl and yeah we've seen him come leaps and bounds this season he didn't play great against uh philadelphia uh Yeah, Lions have a good run defense. We all know that. But But... they use him a lot in the passing game. So even a Mayfield, White and Evans stack, if this game's a shootout, it's very likely that you'll capture most of the touchdowns, if not all of the touchdowns scored by the Bucs, if Evans goes out that way. uh, Sorry, if Mayfield really goes off and, you know, sometimes I think we can all have running backs in our QB stacks, but when it comes to like, so McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Gibbs, and even Cook to an extent, but particularly uh, Rashard White, you know, they gain seven, eight targets. So Rashard White will get more targets than Chris Godwin in many games. So I'm quite interested in Rashard White from that perspective.
0: And that's what's made him so consistently good in um you know, standard PPR fantasy is uh, over the uh, latter half of the regular season because he consistently had, um, you know, a nice amount of uh, reception work. And that's why he was 17 plus pretty much throughout, um, That well, I think, game eight to game 17. He had pretty much 17 plus points every week apart from once. Um was because of volume because he has white actually hasn't scored that many touchdowns this season. No, I think, um, you know, he hasn't it's not, that sounds like he hasn't scored many at all, but he has scored some, but not like he's blown it away. That consistently has come, come from volume and it's been on, you know, catching and well, receptions and rushing attempts. So, um, I Richard White was my fantasy hero in the hero and zeros, uh, episode, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes next season because he's got a lot, lived lot, a lot to live up to after his performance this season. Cool. So, edit DSTs.
1: Quick mention there. Um, do
0: you like either of those DSTs?
1: I mean, I like both. I mean, both quarterbacks have those games where they turn the ball over a lot. So, yeah, I think Lions don't have the best secondary. I think Box secondary is a bit better, but. I think both DSDs will be in play for me this week. Uh, particularly, in, you know, lineups where I don't play many players from this game or hardly any. Mm-hmm. So I think this is probably a game that can be targeted because we have seen Goff turn the ball over two, three yeah. times in a game and we've seen Mayfield do the same. And Mayfield has cleaned up a lot of his game, but he still has issues fumbling and... So I think uh, very interested in the DSTs in this game, Bows, and, you know, Box... I think
0: had, they're well priced, the, the Bucks, yeah, half.
1: Yeah, Box had a period of this season where they had a lot of points conceded, but they had a lot of players, you know, in their secondary mm. uh, that were injured, and all of those players, most of them have come back now. So what that means is they're actually probably a better defence than people realise. So, I think for a bargain price of 2,500, if 13 some of those studs, uh, I'm definitely going to take a few shots at them and also the Lions as well, because if Baker Mayfield is slinging that ball, which makes him a good fantasy QB, mm. he does have those turnover-worthy plays. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, and it wasn't a particularly high-scoring game either uh, when they met before, but this time it is in the dome. Okay, let's move on to the final game of the state. The one I am obviously looking forward to and very nervous about being a Buffalo fan. It is KC at high mark against Buffalo. Where do you see this game going? Do you to yeah, KC or you're back in Buffalo?
1: I think, you know, I, I think the Bulls are deservedly favourites. I mean, one game's not going to convince me that that Packers offense isn't broken. Uh, the only thing I worry about with the Bulls is some of those defensive injuries. So, I'll keep an eye on the injury report, but you know, you'll know better than I do now that Ken Dorsey's gone, um, uh, and they've got Joe Lombardi as the offensive quarter, they're definitely running the ball more and the fail uh, yeah. And, and wow. I mean yeah. they're running the ball wow. That's it's yeah. mad. Bills
0: have a a, a running game. It, 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 was it the latter half of the season the Bills um had run more than any other team?
1: Something like yeah. that. And Josh Allen's not throwing the ball a lot, which in some ways is concerning for Stefan Diggs' mental health. But mm. uh, but in the playoffs, we've historically seen Josh Allen, they let him run the ball and be a bit more reckless when he's running the ball and put his body in the line. So, yeah. Josh Allen is definitely like a QB to target in the playoffs. So, I'm definitely interested in Josh Allen. I know Casey have a good and legit defense defense. Uh, these two teams have played some of the best games that we've seen in modern football in playoffs uh, a few years ago, uh, when they had that overtime loss. Sorry to bring that one up, but I like Josh Allen in this game, and actually, depending on the Bills' defensive injuries, I'm not opposed to Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't had uh, many games recently where he's put up over twenty, you know, he, over twenty five points. The last time he put that up was in week seven against the Chargers. So they are very much now a running team. Defense wins games. uh, That's the Chiefs. So less interested on that side. But, you know, if the Bulls can get a lead, we know that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to keep throwing the ball. So he's interesting. But I think the Josh Allen side, the problem I have with Josh Allen is at the moment, Diggs is probably not getting enough. Work uh, and he hasn't been particularly good in fantasy for weeks now. So, week five against the Jags, he put up 28 points. Since then, you know, he's put up a couple of over 20 points, but he hasn't had anything. The stacking thing's hard for Josh Allen, but if I'm going to stack Josh Allen, I'm not opposed to doing Josh Allen, a James Cook stack, and then nobody else from the Bulls. Because Josh Allen will throw a few touchdowns, but they could go to Shakir, Hardy, Knox, Kincaid, even Diggs, maybe one, but I'm not sure whether we're going to have those that kind of game from Josh Allen where he's going to put up three touchdowns through the air. But we do know he'll run some in, and you know he's essentially the goal line back. And you know Cook is explosive, so I'm interested in Josh Allen with Cook.
0: I agree. It's definitely I think. See, I like Kincaid, but I think, considering what his price is, and mm-hmm. the other tight ends on the slate, um, I don't think he has the ceiling that a high enough ceiling for you want to pick him. And he, he hasn't had over seventeen points this season in a game.
1: And they don't put, throw the ball deep to him, so he's like no, a few yards off the line. Exactly.
0: Lineup, exactly. So. Um, and you know he's he's had a, some touchdowns but It doesn't get enough of the red so it's quite split um so for me like even even Kincaid um I, I'm probably looking elsewhere I mean he consistently he does score into the teams but he's not going to be the one that goes and wins you the slate this week um so I wouldn't even want to do a, a an Alan Kincaid to go away from the wide receiver so I agree if you're going to pick Alan and um pick a someone to stack with um you could go cook or alternatively um if you think that the bills are going to get a lead you can still go allen but then stack him with chief assets um whether you think that's a, a pacheco or whether you think it's a you know rushy rice
1: yeah I, i'm less so rushy rice is interesting if depending on bills injuries uh, yeah. pacheco's been you know pacheco makes a lot of sense on this slate uh And they use him in the passing game. He's really developed as a player uh, this year. One of the other reasons I don't like Stefan Diggs is because the the Chiefs have been very good at shutting down number one wide receivers. So Darius Sneed, their cornerback, has been excellent this year. And even against Tyreek Hill last week, so he shut him down pretty well. So the Chiefs are really hard to play against with number one wide receivers. So what we do see sometimes where Josh Allen is that the ball ends up going to the number two guy. So depending on how Gabe Davis is feeling this week, I'm not completely, uh, against, uh, Gabe Davis, although yeah, he, he could put you zero points up. So he could just kill your lineup in an instant, but you know, if Gabe Davis is healthy and pain, I might even consider that.
0: Yeah, potentially you could do. Um, Price around around five thousand. What's that in terms of the slate? That's probably what wide receiver fifteen in terms of price.
1: Yeah, and he's around the same price as the you know Packers wide receiver. Yeah, Packers wide receivers, and you've got OBJ there. So essentially, you know, and we know Gabe Davis. Uh, you know, if you look at his game log, he put up twenty six points against the Chargers in Week sixteen. <laughs> Then mm-hmm. since since then, he's put up four and zero points. And then he put up in week 12, he put up 25 points against the uh, Fully. So in the spell between week 12, excluding those two 25-plus point games, he's put up 4.1 point. So they use him so much in the blocking game, uh, unless there's a specific game plan, they don't target him. But I think... When he gets going, he really does get going. So it will be interesting to see. So if he's if he's active early this week and he's at training, I'll be interested because then they'll probably draw him up in the game plan. Otherwise, I'll be a bit worried what they do. But I do think, you know, Josh Allen, even if the Bulls take a lead, they'll keep throwing haymakers and they'll keep, you know, they'll keep aggressive because they do know at home the Chiefs can be particularly good at coming back. And, you know, the Bulls, the Bulls have scars from previous games but yeah I think Gabe Davis is an interesting option
0: and I suppose in a way however we've um you know created our teams this week we're we're all gonna have to pick somebody around that price mark Uh, it is whether you go for a Packers guy which it could be one of what five or six however many there are you lose count um or a Gabe Davis or then do you go for an OBJ or a, a Bateman? We're going to have to have someone around that 5,000 to 4,000 mark, probably in our teams. Yeah. Or then, or then do you go for a Shakira at 3,800? Maybe. I don't know. But it, it, I think it's going to be a gamble for everybody, which whoever you go for, but one of those could go off and could be the league winner this week.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it's it's probably, it's from a real-life NFL perspective, it's a super interesting game. Mm. Uh, I think from a DFS perspective, given how many good players both of these teams have in the offense, it does have the potential to over- underwhelm. Where And what I mean by that is you could easily see yeah. Josh Allen putting up 30 points and none of his receivers going over 20 points. So that's a possibility. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes you know, Roshi Rice could pull up 18 points, Kelsey could put up 15 points, and then Pacheco scores on the ground, and Mahomes does his usual 80 and 20 points. So that's the other option is, of course, that nobody really goes off in a from a fantasy, kind of DFS uh, scoring perspective. So that's the other thing that I, I'll probably go kind of all in on this game so the game environment takes off, or I'll fade this game entirely and sort of not play anyone uh, maybe one of both of the DFT DSTs are in consideration, but that's mm. what we do. So, play this to be a shootout, or then kind of avoid the game rather than pick a couple of pieces from this game.
0: That's it. I mean, I don't hate particularly potentially playing the Chiefs DST in this game. To be honest, Um all the Bills DST, I mean particularly the Bills DST, yeah, because um, Chiefs haven't been particularly great against TSTs, they'd be middle of pack in terms of teams, but they're the one team on the slate that is probably well behind everybody else against TSTs, and they're probably out of the eight offences on the slate, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say they're probably the worst in offence out yeah. of the eight, I would say. Um, yeah. So it does give opportunity potentially for Bills to get some Points there. So, yeah, I, I, this is a game I would agree that I would probably potentially back both. Simply, you know, as the exp- explanation I've just given for taking the Bills, but for the Chiefs, you never know what
1: turnovers the Bills might give up to. And, and, you know, Mahomes has turned the ball over 14 times this season. So, all we're really looking for, DST, this week is a pick six, right? That's all we're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Pick a, pick and a few sacks. So, you'll do well in DSTs. and And, you know, the Chiefs will keep throwing the ball. So that means that there's opportunities for turnovers and sacks. Whereas if you're looking at, you know, say, for example, you're looking at Baltimore Ravens, if they take a lead, they're just going to run the ball. So that doesn't give any different scoring opportunities unless there's the odd fumble. Um, But, yeah, that's it.
0: Perfect. So I think that's enough for all four games. We've covered quite a bit there. Um, for the whole of the slate let's end it then with your prediction for the weekend how do you well what matchups do you see in the conference uh, championships
1: yeah I I think uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens are going to win I also think Sam Fran are going to win and Detroit well I'm just going to go for the favourites here but you never know It's a, it's a wild weekend and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the Packers won, right? I wouldn't be completely yeah. shocked. So I'd like, I'd love to see the Packers win. So um, yeah, if I'm gonna go for an upset, it's probably going to be the Packers. But also the other upset, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs win against Detroit. I mean, Detroit have been a good team and they play in a home. Uh, but you know, they've had the games where they haven't turned up, and sometimes mm-hmm. winning that first playoff game. They have the emotion and everything, and now it's kind of the box coming for spoil the party. So imagine yeah. Baker Mayfield, the divisional final. Who would have said that at the beginning of the season?
0: <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have done. <laughs> um, but I'm going to back them to get to it. I'm going to go with Baltimore, Packers, Bucks, Buffalo. as the four that go through. So you Bo- Baltimore,
1: Bucks. You just won Buffalo in the Super Bowl. You're just willing, his not you? Well, I... I, I, I
0: I can't go against it, can I, really? No. Um, but out of, I I honestly think, um, as much as I back the, the Ravens, I think they have been the best team this season. Um, I think it's hard to argue against it. I think any, any of these teams um, have a good chance of um, having an upset. Even Houston could. So yeah, it's going I mean, to be an interesting weekend. And I think all these games could turn out to be. Um, really, really entertaining games to watch.
1: Yeah, and it is again, I'll underscore it's playoff football, right? What that yeah. means is all these teams are going to be full pedal to the metal and, you know, they're all going to be pushing the game and they're all going to be looking to score. So mm-hmm. things happen, unless you're Dallas Cowboys, but let's see when Bill Belichick comes and coaches us next year how things yeah. change.
0: Hopefully, hopefully they will, mate. Hopefully they will. Hopefully you
1: can start winning some playoff games. All we need is Jerry Jones to stop doing his press conferences. Uh, that's all we need. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, everybody, for listening.
0: Make sure you join in the uh, league this week for the Divisional Weekend. Link is in the description. So click there, get your fiver out, join in, and remember the top three pays out. And if you're supporting any of the teams, This weekend, apart from the Chiefs, good luck. And I hope you have a good weekend. All the best and see you next week. ta da